When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Monday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. A lot to get to with uh, Saturday's debacle against Minnesota. Uh, plenty of room for you today. We'll catch up with Jay Moore, but phones will be open for you. And thanks so much to all of you who checked in and chimed in with Real Red Reaction on Saturday. Numbers to dial us up at 466 3776 466 3776. Can email and plenty of emails in the inbox from over the weekend. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Follow us and find us on Twitter if that's easier for you. At Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Herbal Essence for Elijah. Uh, we'll hear a bit from Scott Frost, some interesting tidbits from his presser today when it comes to, to, to passing game efficiency. Confidence and consistency were, were two buzzwords. Halftime adjustments, McCaffrey playing time, and uh, just uh, Adrian's effectiveness. And how long have we been saying Adrian, you know, didn't look right when he got dinged up against Purdue? It comes out uh, today that, that Adrian did miss a practice, right, due to his shoulder. And, and he got rocked a couple of times after runs uh, against Minnesota where he I mean he's he's just moving that arm now uh, I I did not get hit uh, by a a gopher or Purdue linebacker but yesterday I was taking junior to try and wheel and deal some of his shoes he's got these I don't know if they're air mat whatever the hell they're called anywho he, he thinks he can make a lot of money off of these and in Dear old dad here was was walking in an alley behind O Street. Stop me if you've heard me say that before. And I ran into some black ice and I slipped and fell and it was it was straight up home alone, right? With Joe Pesci, where he hits one of the uh, the micro machines and and I, I I can't really move my neck. I need a, a, a neck brace or something. I, I'm like half serious. But that's the hardest I've been hit, but it's not even close to, to the hits that Nebraska's taken since Saturday on social media, on message boards, in emails. You're a pissed off fan base, and I get it, because Illinois is bad enough, and, and Illinois is is like that, that, that hard alcohol hangover you had at some point in your life where you can't go back to it. Some of you are anti-tequila. Some of you say no to vodka. Some of you say, uh, no, thank you, John or Jack Daniels, because it hurt me once and it hurt me forever. That was Illinois. And then Nebraska doubled down and credit P.J. Fleck, the guy you love to hate, for having his guys ready, having his guys able 
And you can say a lot of things about P.J. Fleck. You can say a lot of things about uh, Jeff Brom. You can say, pick the Big Ten West. Pick the Big Ten East. You can say a ton of things. Those teams, those programs, even with Illinois and Lovey, their identity, I guess, was was physicality, right? You knew they were going to hit you. Nebraska is is still searching for that staple, that identity, and it's maddening. It is maddening to you, the fan. It's maddening to us that cover Nebraska football as to, to why Saturday happened. And you're still asking yourself, how can Saturday happen? And the, the really disgruntled Nebraska fan is, well, haven't you been watching all year? This is peak Nebraska. This is true to form Nebraska football 2020. This is the team, and they are going to be what they've shown all season, and that's inconsistent. And maybe it's youth. Maybe it's scheme. Maybe it's game plan. Maybe it's confidence. Maybe it's all of these things. And it's rolled up into one, and it was a bad performance on Saturday where you lose. And there's been doubt, there's been frustration, and there's a couple of things here. I I think most of you want Scott Frost to be the guy to get this done. And there is the fear behind the door that if he can't, can anybody, right? And and you've got one more regular season game. We can get into bowl games because Nebraska would be able to sell themselves to get into a bowl game. That's a conversation for later in the week. And do you deserve to go? No, but could you get in? Yes. And this team needs a lot of things, but it, it needs <laughs> it needs it needs reps. It needs practice. It needs more games, right? To to help kind of iron out that consistency and that confidence. But man, it is such a, a delicate situation. And I guess I'm going to try and answer the why Saturdays keep happening. And it comes down to that fine line of no blink, flat out, all in belief in what you are as a coach, what you are philosophically. That, that never flinch confidence. That is what can make you and has made you great. I think it's what made Scott Frost great, right? I mean, you listen to Wistrom and Peter talk, and, and Grant has said this numerous times, and, and Jason said it also in the media. They have tried to – when Scott moved back here, they tried to make him quit every single day in practice as he's running scout team. Those two guys, Right. In T.O.'s offense, so Scott's carrying the football God knows how many times a practice where they're going ones versus scout team. So you know that there's no quit in Scott Frost, and, and that unwavering confidence is what helped him kind of climb the mountain after a, a really good junior season, but you're replacing Tommy Frazier. He had the Arizona State mishap, but you you persevered. You've got a head coach that's weathered a lot there's been expectations and pressures he is he has lived up to it but this may be the, the greatest monster he's ever faced and that's to fix and resurrect nebraska football uh can he be the guy that fixes it you are hoping so your patience is waning on in your three not just because you're you're two and five now but because of how you lost and what you look like 
Well, you only had three penalties. You, you had a, a key holding call that was BS, but it was still flagged on the, the touchdown that brought you within three. Uh, but but there is ego also with the head coach. Again, that that is that fine line, what makes you great, what can cause you to fail. And Elijah, for the life of me, I, I do not understand the, the game plan. The game plan, the weather, and Nebraska wanted to throw the football on Minnesota. I know that's this offense, but I know it's also been one of the inconsistencies, right? During Saturday's Nebraska's passing game. You thought it was fine. You thought you were good to go. The last two weeks, Adrian's looked great. Adrian's not right, okay? And he busted his tail, and he, and he ran the ball, and he tried to make those. Wasn't happening. He missed. Is he missing because he, he's injured? Is he pulling the string? Whatever. You didn't execute, right? You, you had a good play call on, but are you confident your guy can, can make the play? I mean, it, it's, it's a two-way street there. And Nebraska football had an opponent Saturday that they could have lined up, leaned on, and went downhill and ran the football with the quarterback, ran the football with Mills. Mills had 12 carries. I don't know what type of shuffling musical chairs mess the the younger running backs are at when it comes to injury or understanding or personnel or whatever, but you didn't go to that. You don't have a staple. And it turned out that, well, this is what I'm going to call. This is how we're going to do it. And we're going to sink or swim with it. Well, at this point, you need wins. You want wins because that reinforces the proof of concept. That reinforces, look, my plan's not crazy. It'll get done. And it's one thing to lose close ball games to Iowa and Northwestern. Acceptable. Okay, you get it as a Nebraska fan. And you feel good about Purdue because you beat them. But then, I mean, Minnesota is is like on their deathbed, okay, with 33, 33 players gone. Uh, they're running the ball on first down. They threw it only when they had to, and they just hung in, and they ran the football, and you screwed up in the passing game. Throwing into the wind with, with poor McCaffrey, who that guy's just not your thrower, and you ask him to throw it when Adrian goes out with a jammed finger. Uh, you're, you're back to pass, sack, fumble, ball game. Okay? It's not that you can't throw the football. It's not that you need to turn into Barry Switzer, 85 wishbone, and not attempt to pass. But for the love of God, run the football. And we heard a lot of run the ball guy this weekend. It's kind of a favorite. It's worked. Go to it. And maybe part of it is you don't know that you're that good in the trenches. Maybe you're, maybe you're scared to. But you know what? Nebraska, they showed the ability to run the football. I want to see more pistol against Rutgers. I want to see more quarterback movement, i.e. bootleg, right? The 22-yard completion to Falk, okay, out of the pistol. We had a little quarterback waggle, a little boot, a little Tecmo 2, right? You're rolling out with Boomer Esiason. Let me see that because things when these guys drop back, in the pocket and stand in the pocket. They can hit the intermediate to the tight end or they can find the flat. But for some reason, they're just not connecting on some of the big plays downfield, Wandale on a wheel route, or they're missing Falk, pick Martin, okay? They're missing. You missed four or five opportunities. That's your difference. You have two turnovers. That's the difference. But you don't set the tone, either because you can't or you don't want to. 
And that comes back to coaching. That comes back to putting your kids in the best position to win. And in year three, you've got to be be beyond doing with what you want versus what you know can work. And, And I'm not a coach, dude. I mean, Coach Frost is really smart, really talented, knows what he's doing. But, man, it looked like there was another way to skin the cat on Saturday against a team that, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it, Minnesota's a chick everybody wants to take to prom. <laughs> they just are. Right? That, that one gal with a reputation. And they, they threw. They threw to start <laughs> the game. They didn't run it. Didn't make sense. It, it, it does not make sense. And a lot of this doesn't make sense. And now we get to the why part. Why, why is this so hard? Are you overthinking? Are you just too freaking stubborn? That's where Nebraska fans are lighting torches right now. Some are done with the team. Some are done with being a fan. Some don't want to watch. We've heard it all. But it comes down to checking your ego at the door as a head coach and doing what's best for your team. If you've got a dinged quarterback with a shoulder. If I'm wrong, then tell me I'm wrong. But I I don't think you had a 100% guy throwing the football on Saturday. I don't think you have a lot of faith in the guy backing him up to throw the football. At least I don't, right? Watching right now. You asked him to throw it and it was a pick. God, thank God the defense showed up and held him to three. Okay? And, and you just, you are just a, you are, you are a, a heaping mess. Heaping mess on offense. In the second half, you've had your moments in the first half. You get a little bit of rhythm, you get a couple of touchdown drives, but you can't sustain it. You can't. And and I think part of that is because you don't know what you want to be good at. And you don't drill down to become great at something. And this strive for balance and sexiness and look at my offense and let's see, sew it around and blink and put up 50 on people. You have yet to do that in consecutive weeks, let alone put up 50 more than once in your time in the Big Ten. My problem falls that the team that Scott Frost inherited from two years ago had better results in the field than the team he had this year or last year. They're not the, getting better. The, the final six games of 2018 were probably the best six games that Scott Frost teams have played at Nebraska. Period. And now you're, 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 you're now two years removed from that, mm-hmm. and you're going the wrong way. And, and I mean, I, I can't put it all on Adrian. Adrian's shown himself over the past three years. He's good enough to at least lead this offense. He's not good enough to put the weight of the offensive production on his shoulders. He's a little bit above a manager. Yes, but he, he is good enough to at least lead this offense. So whenever you have a quarterback like that, why do you continue running the ball sideline to sideline against one of the worst run defenses in the Big Ten? Instead of north-south. Why do you put it on his shoulders to, to throw his way to victory? Exactly. Exactly. He, he, he has shown, uh, I mean, could it be injuries this year? Maybe. Could it have been injuries last year? Maybe. But... Through what we have seen on the field, he has shown that he is not good enough to lead this team alone. That's what good offenses have. They have one guy when all else fails, they can turn to that one guy and that one guy can lead them. Nebraska does not have that. And I don't understand why, whenever push comes to shove in that game against Minnesota on Saturday, they decided to put that the ball in his hands and say, go make a play, go win this game. Whenever you're playing one of the worst run defenses in the Big Ten, run it behind the guy you said is the next Dave Remington and Cam Jurgens. 
run it behind some of the other offense linemen that you were so high on coming into this year? Or are you are they that bad? Have they been that bad for you this season? I don't think the offensive line has been the problem this season. They haven't been great. But I still think whenever you need three, four yards on first down, hand it to Dedrick Mills, a Big Ten-type running back, and let him get north-south as opposed to east and west. It, it, it shouldn't be that hard for Nebraska football to find some staples and get good at it and just commit to it. Find something to commit to. And, and you've committed to making the, the quarterback the focal point of your offense. I get it. But you, you need wins. We'll hear more from Scott Frost. We'll get to your emails. We'll get to some of your calls. You can dial us up at 466-3776-800-825-5865. Why do you think the offense struggles so much? Let's just open that regifted Christmas gift. Why do you think it's been so bad this year? You think it's youth? You think it's offensive line? Think it's quarterback? Think it's play calling? You think it's game planning? I mean, there's a hundred different ways we can go. Why do you think the offense has been so bad? We'll get to your calls. We'll hear from Jay Moore, Tail Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Uh, Jay Moore with us, co-host, Big Red Wrap-Up. His podcast, More To It. You find Jay on Twitter at jmore44. Jay, uh, another uh, kick to the groin uh, for Nebraska fans. There's some that are... You know, we're distraught after Illinois. Uh, this is kind of a double down on, on that field. You're favored. You feel all right. And a completely different uh, Saturday for Nebraska. I want to get your take on something that's been talked about between Saturday and, and, and now. And that's translation from Monday through Thursday to Saturday. Speak to that for a moment, if you can, how things can go horribly wrong on Saturday, but it's supposed to be okay, or you, you thought it was all right Monday through Thursday getting ready. Yeah, it's... I don't, it's odd. I don't know. I, I've never, you know, as a, as a player, when I'm, you know, in the, in the middle of the week and I'm, I'm going through and I'm doing what I'm need to get done. I guess I can kind of know how I'm going about my business. I know usually defensively how I'm going about, you know, our practices are. Because usually if you're having a bad practice, you're probably repeating a lot of plays. Uh, maybe you are taking something out of the playbook. So a lot of times you'll, you'll have a plan, a few new blitzes in place. You know, you're, you're, you're doing them Tuesday and Wednesday and all of a sudden Thursday gets here and you got to kind of get your meetings for practice or like, uh, we're scrapping that. This isn't going to work. So then you're like, okay, so, you know, all of a sudden you're kind of, what's, what does that mean? And I don't remember having, honestly, a ton, of those, a ton of those situations to where we've had great practices and then they turned out poorly. Usually if we, we didn't practice well, we usually didn't play well. It's, it's, it's puzzling, to say the least, that there, we keep hearing this, this same issue. I don't, and I just, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I don't know what their determining factor is of what's a good week of practice, attention to detail, physicality, execution, drop balls, drop passes. I mean, I'm sure that's all mixed into it, but, you know, I just it's just interesting to me when you, you do say you're getting, uh, you have a good week and you're not getting the result. It's just, I don't know. I just, it's, 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 it's extremely puzzling. I know I've said this word a lot and I, to me, 
are they getting the right like look in practice? Are they getting the right look from the scout team? Are they are the scout team going hard enough to get them prepared? Are they, you know, are they just doing work against the scout team and they're not getting any good on good reps, you know, so that they can, you know, you're you're up to speed because you can go against the scout team a ton and you're you know that's, I mean that's a, you know, a lot of times your, your your scout teams are glorified high school teams in, in a way because these a lot of these kids are you know young and. They just got out of high school and they're been walk-ons, and so I mean nothing against them, but I just I just wonder if they're getting the correct look. I'm not, I've been going through this whole situation and these scenarios in my head as well. It's like, well, how are we we practicing well, and then my results are are not the same. You know, I I look I always draw a lot of analogies from golf. You know, if I am why am I warming up, hitting the ball well, my practice sessions well, but when I get on the course, it actually matters what goes wrong. Well. Maybe it's the, you know, because all of a sudden it matters. You know, there's pressure. There's, you know, if you do drop a pass, it matters. If you drop a pass in practice, you know, it's, it's oh, well, we can, we can, we'll fix it later. You know, all of a sudden, this, I don't know if this team knows how to play well and this coaching staff knows how to coach well when, when it matters. And you could, you, could, you could go back and say what they did at Central Florida in year two. Okay, but how, how are the expectations there? You know, and I, maybe that's also dealing with expectations. I think this the staff and this team struggles with as well. And I'm just kind of thinking through this as we as we discuss. But to me, that's what it comes down to: is playing playing when it matters, and playing, you know, dealing with expectations. You know, a golfer can hit balls in the in the range and stripe them one after one, but all of a sudden you got to do it when there's water there and there's out of bounds stakes, there's hazards when you got to write a score down. You're down you know, five hundred. You're right. Yeah, you're you're down a grand. You know, after after a couple presses, like. <laughs> you got to you got to show up, and I just don't know if this staff and this this team has learned how to deal with this yet here because expectations here are, are way 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 different than they were at Central Florida now. Jay Moore's so, with us it, on Hale Varsity. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, it's it, it's it's the, the the big red monster, man. I mean, that's just the the greatness of the gig and the school, and also the reality of it, and. When we talk about Nebraska and expectations, it goes back to and Coach Frost spent a lot of time talking about consistency and confidence, and that's that's so true. But uh, you know, I don't know what I'm confident in offensively that they do. I mean, they they don't have a uh, a staple, right? They don't have an identity. They're not great at one thing, and I, there's just a refusal. And I know they ended up running the ball quite a bit and I know they ended up running for what Minnesota typically or they're just shy what Minnesota gave up but just not starting out with that run game mentality the 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 the, the game plan to, to chuck the ball all over when you got a quarterback that missed the game missed the, oh, at least one practice you know due to his shoulder and you're still throwing the freaking football and, and I know that that's his offense but don't you got to dial back? Or maybe they're just not that good on the offensive line to be able to line up against. I don't know, but I just – I think you hear coaches say can't do it and won't do it, and Scott said that. Uh, but to me, there's just uh, an issue right now with what he wants to do versus what he's able to do. And I, I just think that the run game is what I'd lean on, and uh, that is either they're, they're scared to do that or they, they don't want to. I mean, how do you look at it offensively? Yeah. I think there's a there's a little bit of stubbornness, <laughs> yeah, with, going on with this within this offensive identity. 
and that, that that comes about as no surprise to me whatsoever. But I look at, you know, I had, I had lunch with a couple of buddies, and we, we were just, you know, you look at that very first play, and obviously they ran the same almost identical play against Illinois, and look what happens. And, you know, and then you look at the weather, and, you know, usually, you know, this is the first somewhat bad weather. It wasn't awful, but it's cold. You know, they're practicing during the week. You know, the, during the week, it, it was nice. You know, hell, I played golf a few times during the week. So you get into that ball condition is a little different. Your hands feel a little different. And all of a sudden, you know, and you, you do that from the first play, and you're like, this seems like some of the calls, you're just always playing with fire. It's just such a high-risk, low-reward to me. And I just look at, again, you go when Luke McCaffrey comes in. I mean, the kid hasn't taken a snap and played all day. All of a sudden, you want him to throw the ball two times in a row going into the wind when it's cold? And he hasn't throw the ball well, period, in the first place? So it's just like it's almost it feels like there's a little bit of, look, I told you so to me. Like, hey, I can do this. We can do this. Like, this is this is probably what you know, majority thinks we should do here. We should probably run the ball in this situation. We should probably do this in this situation. But you know what? I'm going to do this my way. It's because, you know, there's a little bit of that going on right now. It's just puzzling to me. And it's getting us beat. And that's frustrating because to me it's, it's simple. You know, don't make things more complicated than what it needs to be. This is, this is year three, and we've made things pretty complicated to, to me in the, these three years. And it's all about winning football games, and it's doing things and executing and attention to detail. And it just seems like those things kind of get pushed aside because egos and stubbornness get, get in the way sometimes. I mean, I just, I just scratch my head. I mean, I've been around football long enough, and I don't pretend to be a football coach, but I know the game pretty well. I mean, just get getting a rhythm, getting a getting a you know. And I know he says he's run that they run that play all the time. Yeah, but you just it's the first play of the game. You know how fragile your team is. You know, get get some rhythm, get something going, and then you want to make Luke try to make those throw the ball into the wind when he comes in here. I'm just like, man, what? Why? To me, and I'm a coach in that situation. And Adrian goes out and you put Luke in. Hey, let's run the ball. And see what we can get. And you know, Minnesota struggle on the ball. If we get a couple first downs, great. And we get maybe get a drive going, get Adrian back in there. Or if it doesn't work, we punt the ball, we flip the field, and we get our defense back there and buy some time to, for Adrian can get back in there. Don't make your young quarterback who has struggled throw throw it and then he throws an interception. It's you know things like that. It's just and again, it's kind of Murphy's law too when you do some of these situations. If it, if what can go wrong will go wrong, and I just I don't know. Maybe maybe you know. The staff and everyone needs, you know, it's like your kid, like, hey, don't touch the stove, it's hot. Like, you know that, but they keep coming back and touching that stove. And maybe, I don't know, maybe they're going to learn after a while, like, they got to stop touching the hot stove because their hands are just getting burned way too many times. Either that or they just like the feeling of getting burned, but uh, I hope not. Jay Moore's with us on yeah. Our City Radio. Yeah, and Jay, the uh, the defenses seem like played well enough to at least give the offense a chance to win on Saturday. Uh, did pretty well stopping the run until the last drive uh, where it, I mean, felt like everyone in the state knew missed Minnesota tackles, was, was going to be running the ball. What was it? Was the defense tired? Was it? Is it just on those missed tackles? Was it a poor defensive play calling on that last drive? What was the reason that Minnesota was just able to run the ball down Nebraska's throat? Yeah, I mean, it happened. You're going to have some missed tackles. Momentum is a huge factor in college football. They had it. And it just seems like when you just can't, you know, momentum's on your side, it's just – you seem like sometimes you're in slow motion, but our, you know, our our front side defense has been pretty good this this 
this year. We've been setting the edge, and but I, we've struggled backside, and they kind of hit us backside a few times, where they kind of creased us, and we don't, you know, our backside linebackers and, and you know outside guys don't play with really good eye discipline, and they, they got burned a few times. So it's it's a little bit of everything, but it, like I said, you, you mean. You shouldn't have been in that situation, in my opinion. But, I mean, even if you did have the lead, you know, maybe you need, you, you need to get a stop. That's what you do. You stop them. But, uh, yeah, poor tackling. But I, I do think our backside run defense has, has been a little bit of an issue. I, that's where they kind of got us. You know, you just guys aren't playing tight enough. You're not squeezing down gaps tight enough. You know, they're getting inside instead of forcing that ball outside you know, making it bounce. So those things need to get cleaned up, but they've kind of been an issue. It's been kind of one of the leaky spots of the defense this year where they've been pretty damn good. And, again, they've, they've played well enough, again, to win that football game. But it's still frustrating <laughs> talking about it. And it's still, again, you know, they they can't get it done against a team without, you know, 30 players and they hadn't played in two weeks. Jay Moore's with us, Hale Varsity uh, Radio and Get Jay's podcast more to it. Uh, see him on Big Red Wrap Up uh, on Tuesday night on NETV and uh, follow him on Twitter at jmore 44 Jay, about 30 seconds real quick. Uh, what do you think you're going to focus on when it comes to, to your, to your uh, video review, your, your, your chalk talk? Yeah, so we're going to look at the long run by Wandell Robinson. There's a lot of good stuff. Some good blocking, uh, backside blocking. You know, I think I believe he got he cut that back backside. Nice couple cut blocks. We'll focus on that long run, and then we're going to look at Minnesota's long run by uh, I have no camera Wiley name number one. Wiley, yeah, he he kind of bust that one early in the second half. So we'll look at there, and I think Nebraska was bad on the front side of that one. I think we were outnumbered, so we'll break down a good long run play by Nebraska and a bad run play, long run play against the defense. So those are the two I'll be breaking down for everyone tomorrow night on NET's bigger wrap-up and another loss we get to discuss. <laughs> well, uh, instead of water, make sure you got a little Ed McMahon in that coffee cup, all right? Yeah, we, we, we might have to. I might have to put the old flask in, a, in the coat pocket <laughs> tomorrow night. Bird, be good. Thanks for the time. Yeah, be got it. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Jay Moore. Thoughts on Saturday, thoughts on Nebraska. Open phones till 5. Charlie McBride coming up at 505-466-3776-800. 825-5865. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find us on Twitter at Hale Varsity uh, is where you can uh, check out the show. Also, ESPN Lincoln at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal and uh, at Schmidt underscore radio. Some emails to get to, some phone calls to get to as well. First, so Scott Frost on the topic of passing game and efficiency. Nebraska not shy about throwing it around early. And often it did not translate into a quick start, a brutal first quarter for Nebraska. And and I get the, the youth and the experience and the confidence and that whole ball of wax that needs to to translate, but but Nebraska, you're just tired. You're just tired as a Nebraska fan with with what you're seeing. And I, I don't know if a win to go out will make you feel better, or a bowl game will make you feel better. But it was set up, wasn't it, Elijah? It was set up to 
beat a undermanned Minnesota. Just find a way. Keep some of this momentum you have. And what happens? You come out, and the, I mean, just from the get-go, it was Illinois part deux with the swing pass, the fumble, and, and and there are a lot of things people want banned in in Nebraska. But the the bubble screen was was a high candidate that you haven't seen a lot of this year until it came back because of edge blocking. But the swing pass is now the the leading. Don't ever call that play again chant right just because it's been it worked well against purdue and it worked well against iowa and then oh my god it was a loss of nine and your opening drive offensively's in the toilet because you lose nine on a swing pass with a dinged up quarterback and uh, a defense that is the worst in football stopping the run but to the topic of offensive efficiency scott frost on saturday it was a little thing here and there again, and, and that keeps plaguing our offense. You know, I said it after the game, you know, really felt like we were kind of turning a corner because uh, practice has been really sharp for the last three weeks, and, and last week was really sharp. It's just a little thing here and there. We, uh, you know, started the game off so bad by not hitting a, a simple play. Uh, that killed the drive. Uh, had a tipped interception that killed another drive. Um, uh, bad punt. We we didn't protect well enough, and we missed some some open guys. We had some guys running open. Uh, I think the receivers are are doing a lot better job this year of getting to spots and getting there fast and being where, where they're supposed to be. Uh, we got to protect a little better, and we got to make sure um, we don't miss them. You know the old crusty coaches that were great, that were super run heavy in the Big Ten. Always said two out of three three things bad happen when you throw the football, and it kind of roll your eyes at them. And, and then they're like, "Well, in 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 this instance, it's kind of been the case for Nebraska, right? Either receivers haven't gotten open, or they are open. The quarterback can't complete the throw or misses them completely, or it's a sack, or worse, it's an interception or a strip sack fumble." I mean, all of those things have been pretty prevalent in these games that Nebraska has lost, and it's not getting much better. Uh, the topic of confidence, and do you worry about your quarterback's confidence? I, I get back to putting a kid in the best position to win, and what's going to give you the best chance to win? As an offense, as, as you go forward and game plan against the worst rushing team in the Big Ten defensively, do you say, let us start off our script throwing the football with a quarterback who's missed one one day of practice because of shoulder issues? That's had, as an offense in general, we've had trouble getting downfield. What's Minnesota going to do? They're going to stack the box and they're going to say, oh, well, Try and keep you from running. We're going to try and keep you from getting to the edges. We're going to try and make you run it between the tackles. And I know that's not like a great thing. But even when Nebraska did run it, he had a few pops. I mean, Wandale out of the pistol was money. He had a 16-yard gallop by by Mills. Adrian's nice. I mean, they ran that, that quarterback power a couple of times for big yards. But too often you are going – I mean, Nebraska, how many times they try and go wide, Elijah? I mean, you have a 15-yard run for a gain of one going side to side. 
And it, it just it just the math doesn't add up. Why not run straight at somebody with Mills or your quarterback? I, I just don't get it. I don't get, and I'm going to get Charlie's take on this in 20 minutes. Why, if the world has said we're going to line up and run on Minnesota, even Purdue, <laughs> why you come out throwing the football? Why do you outsmart yourself? I mean, it, it's there's a lot of whys that people want answered in this world. But when it pertains to Saturday, why in God's name is Nebraska doing what they're doing on offense? And it's 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 laughable to lose to Minnesota like that. Brent emails in. Former players are pissed. Why the hell do we pass three plays in a row after the D gets us a good stop with great position, field position in the fourth quarter? Does Frost need to keep his nose out of play calling? What's the deal with Martinez and Verdusco? Is somebody helping Smothers get better? I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Do you come back if you're a senior for this mess? Well, Hymas has opted out. I did my 40. I'm done. Good for Jaime. But I I don't know. I, I, I guess I'd go out. But big picture, what if I get injured? I understand it. This is an absolute bleep show right now. Thanks for letting me cry on your shoulder. Pete's chiming in. Pete, welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead. How are you doing? Doing all right, man. Did you uh, make it through Saturday? Uh. Not without a lot of yelling, screaming, and turning the TV off a couple times, flipping games a couple times. I'm just, it's hard to watch. Mm -hmm. And I guess my opinion boils down to this. We have got to upgrade our coaching staff. I'm not saying get rid of Frost. I'm not saying that. If you watch the defense, when they get in a pre-set, pre-snap set, they stay there. They don't change nothing up. And so if you're an offensive coach, you say when you see the look before the snap, this is what you're going to see. This is the play to go to, and, and they're, they're, they're accurate. The Iowa head coach brought that up after the game. He said we changed our running style a little bit during halftime because the defense, once they got in a set, they, they stuck with that set. We don't blitz any corners. We don't blitz any safeties. Uh, we don't come up the line of scrimmage in the back. Pete. Pete. We lost Pete. Pete, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Cell phones are are evil. He brings up a good point, though. No, I mean, Nebraska, it, it comes down to experience and being able to adjust and adapt. Well, here, before we go to, to Coach McBride, uh, Sam McEwen asked a question about second-half adjustments pertaining to offense, but how seasoned is this staff and are the coordinators when it comes to making adjustments? Guy's got to make plays, but are you putting him in the best position to succeed, not Saturday offensively? And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, we'll uh, hear from Charlie McBride, his take on Saturday. And uh, we'll get into his take on the offensive side of the ball with uh, the game plan. Reminder about uh, buckling up. 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska are not wearing their safety belt. If used properly, a seatbelt can reduce the risk of injury 
up to 60%. Your best defense in any crash buckling up, brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. You know what? It's a, a microcosm of the season. Nebraska puts a second consecutive drive together. They go up 14-10, to 10, about three and a half minutes before half. Then what happens? Minnesota rips off a 75-yard run. Nebraska gets a stop, a chance to force three and go into halftime 14-13, to 13, assuming Minnesota's blindfolded field goal kicker hits one. And you get the targeting call on Cam Taylor-Britt. There needs to be a revisitation of targeting when it comes to intent, crown versus helmet contact, and away we go, right? Nebraska's down 17-14. But even with the in-game management thing is is what wears on fans, too. Why aren't you calling a timeout? Why aren't you uh, running the football to, to get the wind in the fourth quarter? Uh, instead of shorten yourself towards the end of the third quarter, just just management like that, some either indecision or the wrong decision. And, and it's either right or wrong at this level. I get it. There's not a lot of gray area. Things can come back and bite you. But let's talk about halftime adjustments and Dan emails in as well about, or I should say tweets in at Schmidt underscore radio with, okay, if, if you're going to throw the ball, what's the deal with Smothers? We have no earthly idea where, where Logan Smothers is at in his progression as a passer. We don't. You've seen a little bit from McCaffrey, but he looks way different now than he did against Northwestern during that two-minute drill. Uh, but back when it comes to, to problems on offense and uh, confidence here, do we have time for, for cut three here? We were going to get to that. We, we didn't. But uh, confidence and quarterback play – consistency and confidence uh, a topic of discussion by frost today yeah um i think that's a little bit with our whole offense if i'm being honest the guys need to trust it believe it and go make it happen uh when you have success that leads to confidence and confidence leads to more success and that wheel needs to spin a little faster for us right now you know adrian had stacked two really good weeks together uh he made some really good throws especially when we gave him time to make those throws you know just some of the downfield things that that we schemed up that that were there and we didn't hit you know a couple times there was a, a guy standing in his lap and he couldn't follow through so it's just the uh, continued improvement of consistency and execution. You know, he says, trust it, Elijah. And Nebraska fans right now are having the worst time trusting it on offense. I think you, you see some good things. You see the lines of scrimmage bigger and, and better. Now, the offensive lines struggle to protect. All right, they have. The offensive line struggled to stay penalty free. But defensively, you feel good about your front. Feel good about what this unit's done defensively. The flat out honest truth is <laughs> your defense has been pretty good at holding teams to three touchdowns, maybe a field goal, maybe 27, right? Aside from the Illinois blow up. But that was a lot of points off turnover, 17. But, man, your offense got to catch up, and, and can that happen? There's some doubt about it. 
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back to it, it's Hour 2, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, more emails to get to, more of your phone calls to take. If you're on hold, be patient. Elijah will treat you nice. We say hi to Mr. Blackshirt himself. It's another Monday with Charlie. Coach Charlie McBride, uh, has Old Man Winter visited you this weekend? Coach, how are you? No, it doesn't. It's still 70. Seriously? No. <laughs> no. It's like I'm moving in with you, whether you like it or not. <laughs> no, it's it's it actually is pretty good. I mean, it's not as ugly as it's been in the past at this time of year. It's still kind of in the 30s, 30s, and 20s. Okay. Well, it hasn't been below zero yet. <laughs> well, that that's good. I got a. Uh, you said the magic U word, ugly, and uh, an ugly loss. For Nebraska on Saturday, tough one for the fan base to take, and it was it was rough against Illinois. This was more salt in the wound for for the Big Red faithful, and there there are still some that are faithful, and as you know, there's some in the fan base that's uh, that, that's not happy, right? So I want to ask you, I want to ask you about what you saw Saturday, and just get your take on on the game plan offensively. And and just my thought is it's easier to say and do behind a radio microphone versus having a headset on. So I'm I'm I, I know my expertise is minimal. That said, it seems but, like everybody in the world wanted Nebraska to run the football Saturday and they didn't start out doing it. Well, I tell you, let's that's where I would start, right there. And and the thing that really um you know, I, I get. You know, there's things you second guess everything, but when you have the win like they had and open up the game with a, pay, a, plan, a pass laterally, with the wind blowing that way, first of all, that's not a good idea. The second thing is, is when I think back when I saw that, I think back and when I came here, and I came to Nebraska, Coach Osborne was talking about the wind. Mm-hmm weather and why they wanted to run be able to run the football and that was the problem that was the whole key to i think the the thinking that we had was was that and even in weather when we had option football he got nervous about pitching the ball and that's just a short distance Mm And so when you start throwing it sideways with the wind blowing perpendicular to it, it is a little, it can be a little ugly. And, and, of course, then they tried it again to the other side that got, got nothing. Mm-hmm. And I've never been a big fan of uh, throwing the ball and gaining two yards anyway, so it doesn't make any difference one way or the other. I just That's just my – that's not a, a negative thing about that. That's just the philosophy of the – people that are coaching i mean that's you know that's fine if it works but we're not in that we're not in that area 
we're in an area where you got to be able to run the football, period. We're in a conference, as you know. That's why you have a lot of big, strong people that they recruit in the past is to be able to run the ball when it's snowing out and doing all these things uh, to win games. You aren't going to do it passing. And if it gets muddy, if it gets, of course, in the old days, you just get muddy. But <laughs> there are still some conferences that are some schools that have, uh, I think, have real grass. Mm-hmm. And uh, that could really turn into something ugly. But, I, you know, the, the game plan to me was, was, a, was a, is a, is simple as I could say. I never figured it out. Um. When you start changing running backs a lot and you change personnel a lot and put young people in there, you're going to make mistakes. And at this time of year, if you don't put the best people you got on the field all the time, then you're asking for it because they're going to make mistakes. And I just think the whole thing is is that I, I worry a lot about when you're recruiting promising kids that they'll play as a freshman. And I can see running down on kicks, and as you know, running down our coverages haven't been real good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's been one of the problems, I think. And But it, but yet when you see somebody down there that you look, you have to look at the number, you have to go back, and then you see I don't even recognize the name at this time, that maybe they just put them in to get – you know, the, they were uh, be honest with the kid, mm-hmm. tell him he's going to play, and that's it. Charlie, and when you get a when you get a penalty on a big play, and he's a real redshirted freshman or something like that, I understand that sometimes. You know, if, yeah. if he's the best player, he's the best player. So there's nothing to do about that. I think you just go with that one. I would never question that, Coach. Uh, a thought with just an identity and being really good at something and you nailed it with how you win in the big 10, how you win in the big eight, how you win in the big 12 is you got to be physical and you got to be the run game. You got to be really good at running the football. And, and I, I don't dislike Scott's offense. I mean, it, 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 it was killer down in Florida and I don't think it can be bad here in Lincoln, but when, when you want to talk about your bread and butter, man, Nebraska just doesn't seem to have one or they're afraid to commit to it or do you think they're they're careful to 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 run it because of what they have on the offensive line and I'm not knocking the kids or the coaching I'm just saying when it come, when push comes to shove what's going to give them the best chance to win is it this is my philosophy and I stand by it this is how we're going to win or is it this is what we think can give us the best chance to win? Because I, for the life of me, you get Mills, right? You got the quarterback run game that you clearly are okay going with, 15 rushing attempts by Adrian. That one-two punch could have done some damage on Saturday more than it did, I would think. Well, I think the other thing is, is you know, and I've heard from you know, I hear from the other ex-players, and, yeah. and of course they're, they're really disappointed. Uh, I mean, I think in... And the, and the first thing when you brought up was they didn't they said the same thing you're saying they didn't know what the game what what are they trying to do you know um, offensively there's no power game 
and and in this conference you better get you better get some people you know slamming it in there and double teaming and and they right now they don't have the backs that you know their their backs are not not physical backs mm-hmm. none of them now, even even the kid that's the fullback is really a hard runner i mean if you put him as a freshman here I think he'd be Superman by the time he's a junior <laughs> senior. I mean, I really do. I the kid is the kid's got some tools. He's got some balance, but guess what? You can't run on the field for one play or two plays and run off the field and then the next series you're not even in the game and you can't do that. You can't I don't care the man in the moon can't do that. A back is really is like a thoroughbred. He's got to run, mm-hmm. and he's got to get a feel of the blocking schemes. He's got to get a feel of the of a lot of this stuff. And uh, defensively, there's some things that, that you saw the cutback, same old, same yeah. old. I could put one stun in, and it, and it's you know that's me talking. I I could I can give you, show you film of, of times when people tried to cut back on us, and the guy gets knocked out about three yards back in the backfield when he's getting the ball. And there's no pressure on that handoff, uh, and it can be a run stun or a pass stun, both. And they don't like to do things with their front people, and maybe it's because they're trying to teach them to play base defense and that, and that may be the thing. But that stuff, after after you start playing in games, that base defense is really important that start teaching in and then and branch out from there. Sure. And um, and and so I I don't know I don't know I'm not there I don't I don't see practice. We used to have four stations. The kids got tons of reps. I mean, and I've mentioned on the phone I think 165 plays a day. Now you you tell me. <laughs> you, you, I mean, you're you're saying well, 165. Well, when you count you the passing, when you count the passing game, and then you count teamwork, and then you count guys uh, that their 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 program was fixed so that you are ready. And we played against option football. Even if they didn't run options, we practiced option football. So that, as you remember, in the old days. The only team that ran option was Oklahoma, and when we got to there, if you're trying to get ready to play Oklahoma in three days, you're crazy. <laughs> and when we started doing the option thing, <laughs> and when we started running option every football every day, we got to there and they couldn't run a lick. That's funny. That's so good. <laughs> Coach, Coach, we had a caller in last hour uh, talking about the base defense issue, and he said he, he felt like that uh, Nebraska was just showing off their uh, their play by their alignment pre-snap, uh, and the offenses could kind of figure that out, and that's why Minnesota had a little more success as the game went on offensively. W- w- would you agree with that assessment? I mean, you, you talked about that a little bit with uh, the defensive line and their their lack of stunts. Well, I think sometimes, you know, what what I a little bit what I saw, and, and, and they they started to try to shift. It. I don't know if you remember that at the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. and they shifted one time, and they got they got torched, okay, and they shifted. It looked like to me they were shifting in the A gaps by moving two guys in there, and what happened was is the guy playing outside. 
which would be the defensive end, made a, made a mistake and, and he didn't play his gap or he didn't do something. And the linebacker wasn't able to get there because a, a back was got, I mean, a, line, a lineman got on him and that was it. And they never did it again. They never shifted their line again. And I think they might have worked on it all week in practice and did it once and got gashed and never did it again. Well, there you look at it. It's not time to do that stuff, okay? You got you say you got young players, but you really don't. If you had one redshirt freshman starting on defense, do you know that? I mean, yeah. does people know that? And when you hear we have a bunch of freshmen out there, sure you do. But the thing is, is you also got about six or seven seniors starting on defense. And 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 that, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, they should be able to pick stuff up like nothing, but they've also been through, you know, another defense before sure. these coaches got there. And that's, that's, you know, that's changing and stuff like that. Coach, uh, I'm not, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. I was, you know, I was just gonna. I got about a minute and a half here, but I wanted to, to get your take on your dear friend Kevin Steele, as it sounds like he may be up for the Auburn job. I know he's the interim coach, mm-hmm. but uh, just a thought from you with Kevin, if he'd get another crack as a head coach. I know he was at Baylor, but man, he's done a wonderful job at Clemson and Alabama and at Auburn. It's no. It's no mistake that all those programs kind of made him one of their first hires, and and he's got a chance to to be the head guy again, maybe. Yeah, I, I think that I, I really I think I think that Kevin could knows the thing is he knows people. Mm-hmm. He knows who he hiring. That's so important who you're hiring. And 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 I go back to the same thing, and I learned this a long time ago. You don't hire your buddies. You hire the best football coach, and and knowing Kevin, he could hire some good people, you know. And if, if he did get the job, whereas when he was at Baylor, it was the same thing a little bit. You know, you're like maybe like uh, you know Scott's going through you. You know, you hire who you know. Sure, you have no no choice. I mean, you you don't you don't know a lot of people, and that's why I say a lot of head coaches have a list. And when they hear about a kid or a coach somewhere or something, they write it down, they keep his name, they write down what they was said about him, they write things like that. And I think that's really important. But mm-hmm. I think, too, that you at the end of the year, my philosophy would be to, and that's me, and I it was ours, and I learned it from Tom and I learned it from Frank Cush. We had a chance to talk to the head coach and say what we wanted to say. And it was open business, and there was no hard feelings. If I had something bad to say about them or they had something bad to say to me, they could say it. And that was what it's all about. And I think that sometimes that that, that really helps. You know, some of the coaches may be walking around saying things they think Scott, Scott ought to do. And and maybe that gives them the opportunity to do that mm-hmm. and do it in a in a in a structured environment that's been planned and there's no hard feelings when you walk out if you wanted you 
yell at the guy, yell at him. I mean, I, you know, whatever the, no, I mean, I really mean it because that brings you closer together. And, and so I think that, you know, he got caught a little bit in the bind where they had a great year, but I'll tell you one thing, if you go back and I watched him when he was coaching, Mm -hmm. that quarterback was super duck. I mean, really, really good. And he was—he got him out of more trouble than you could even shake a stick at. And he—he he did things, and he could do it. He was such a leader of that team, and such a great accurate accurate passer. Sure. And I want to bring that accurate stuff up because we've had some things there. And then I—I I, one of the one of one of the players who played for me had talked to somebody and said, "Well, we don't throw the ball deep." I'm going, what do you mean? Well, we don't practice that too much. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, well, I don't know what. See, that's a philosophy now. That's that's a West Coast deal, short passing game, move the ball down the field, do this and that. Now, I don't know their philosophy. Mm-hmm. So I. that's why I don't say, you know, I, uh, I don't know. And so I think the best thing to do is, is just wait and see what happens after the, this at this time of year. Here's the bad thing, real quick. Coach, let me. Uh, our coach, play, coach. Our players aren't going to go to probably won't go to a bowl game, and they're not going to get to practice. So every team, maybe in this league, about half or more of them are going to be practicing, and we're not going to be. Yeah, that's no good. And that's really what hurts without a spring ball. Coach, we'll uh, we'll talk Monday. This was awesome, and thank you so much for your time today. Always love hearing from you. Okay, okay. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. And we're back, fellas. I think we could listen to the radio on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. That was incredible from Charlie McBride on game plans, on defense, on coaching, on hiring. Get the uh, the podcast of at HaleVarsity.com. The uh, Herd Ad Media Network will have Coach McBride on the on-demand ESPNLincoln.com. You can also hear one of Charlie's guys, Jay Foreman, teamed up with Mr. Greg Smith. Their podcast will drop tomorrow. Uh, Greg and Jay will have a, a thing or two <laughs> on uh, Minnesota as Nebraska gets ready for Rutgers. A little thing called Signing Day Wednesday. Greg Smith will be back with us Wednesday for a hit as he's got a cigar and a scotch going. Greg, are you a scotch guy or, or did I? You're bourbon, aren't you? Yeah, I am bourbon. You're bourbon like, don't call me a scotch man. <laughs> no, it's fine. I would I would have let it slide, but you you saved it there at the end. <laughs> well, let's talk about this class and. On-field results versus the future, Greg, because that's what arm wrestling's going on right now with Nebraska fan. The, well, look, man, another top 20, top 25 recruiting class, three for Frost. And the conversation has shifted from, well, great job recruiting, a hell of a job recruiting in a pandemic. But, oh, yeah, by the way, can these guys see the field? Will they stick and stay? I mean, the, the narrative shifted here the last month based on Illinois and in, in, in Minnesota losses. Yeah, you absolutely nailed that because I think that one and, and there's another 
um, element to that too is is will the guys that you're bringing in be used properly or to the best of their abilities because of the questions over what's happened um, with some of the young guys that are on the team currently and whether or not they can see the field and whether or not they're getting targets if they are seeing the field, right? And so there's a lot there um, when it comes to how it relates with kind of how the class got built, which like you said, is a good job under the circumstances, especially the more I think about it, the more I, I am kind of impressed by the job that Nebraska did recruiting this year, given the fact that, you know, like a lot of places around the country, um, schools in Texas, schools in California, schools in Florida, and then Ohio State, because they're just different, um, they had a lot of guys that just kind of took visits on their own dime. We heard about that a little bit with Nebraska, but not nearly to the level that you heard about it with other places, and I think that's just, again, another thing that's a testament to this staff, but there are still a lot of questions that get spun off of what happens post-signing day, and I think it kind of dampens a little bit with what how fans are feeling about signing day and the normal excitement that there would be right now, um, which stinks for the kids that are excited to sign in a couple of days, um, but I understand where the fan base is coming from there. Greg Smith is with us, recruiting insider, HailVarsity.com and magazine, at Greg Smith HV on Twitter. So, Greg, the feel is is what you've been locked in on so many of these 2020 commits. Uh, the, the, the prized jewel is Fedoni, obviously, but Nebraska is still cleaning up. And uh, what are some surprises that may bloom out there, good or bad? Uh, any, anything that points towards some drama, or is it, is it all right? Has Nebraska done a, a pretty good job of putting the hay in the barn here? Yeah, I think they've done a really good job of putting the hay in the barn, and I think that the best thing that could possibly happen for Nebraska uh, in a couple of days here would be to have a, a drama-free signing day, because honestly, the program just needs that, right? You don't need um, to go through it. And imagine the meltdown that would happen if, you know, somebody's fax machine breaks or something, and, and one of these signatures delayed coming in, um, there would be a lot of problems. I don't think that any of that's going to happen. I think that Nebraska will get um, the large majority of their guys signed on Wednesday. And then when you start to think about surprises, that's I still think that there's a couple of guys out there. Tia Savea is, is the big one uh, that I feel good about, about picking Nebraska on Wednesday. Remember the, the defensive lineman out of Las Vegas that we've talked about a bunch. He initially wanted to commit during one of the All-Star games, but it's 2020, so it got canceled. And then he bumped that up to go ahead and announce and sign on Wednesday. So I'd like the Huskers there. Uh, it's between the Huskers, UCLA, and USC. And then all eyes are also going to be looking uh, locally here as we don't know exactly exactly what's going on with Avante Dickerson who's committed to Minnesota. Um, we don't know if he's going to sign on Wednesday. I, I think it either is the Huskers or Minnesota if he in fact signs, but he may not even sign because he's not an early enrollee. Then he may elect to just wait it out. Greg, Greg, of these guys signing on Wednesdays, which of them are early enrollees? And then on top of that, do any of those early enrollees, uh, you think, that they have a, a spot to fill in this Huskers team now that we've seen a, a full season of Nebraska and we know where some of the needs are? Man, I wish I had the list in front of me. It is easier to list the guys that are not early enrolling than that are with this Huskers class, which is a good thing. Um, I think at my last count, the Huskers are, I think it's 12 early enrollees in this class right now. Uh, like Fedoni is early enrolling, Harper, Gabe Irvin. Um, all of the offensive linemen are early enrolling in the class. Ruquan Buckley is early enrolling um, and several others. So I, I think the easiest one to point to that could come in and play 
right away is obviously Thomas Bedoni. After that, it's going to kind of be up in the air just because it also depends on what happens with the guys in front of them. So is there any attrition going out in front of them? Do any seniors come back? Like It's going to be hard to know uh, right away which of those guys we could see early on. Greg Smith is with us. Greg, it sounds like the, the walk-on crew is going to be pretty good. Uh, who knows what happens with Zadiska? But uh, you've got Hoskinson, a lot of talent, right, from that West Side squad and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, of course, Elkhorn South uh, crew. So Nebraska, either scholarship or walk-on, is set to roll. Uh, every kid from Omaha <laughs> that has left for North Dakota State has ended up in the NFL. <laughs> and uh, I watched Cole Payton do his thing at, at West Side the times I saw him play, and I saw some – really classic games against Southeast, and I saw some games that weren't so classic, right, uh, against Southeast where <laughs> yeah. they were on fire. Is and, and listen, we all love Harburg, too. Big kid, good arm, uh, can run it. But is Nebraska missing here on, on not really being being in the discussion here with, uh, with, with Cole Payton? And give me your thoughts on, on this kid that's 60 miles away heading up to a place that cranks out titles and sends quarterbacks to the NFL. Yeah, I, I think that you kind of have to say that Nebraska missed the boat at least a little bit here. And part of this is is that and, and Nebraska's not the only school because there were other schools that tried to come in late here too. Iowa State was one of them. Matt Campbell and those guys uh, tried to come in late on Cole Payton. He told them thanks but no thanks as well um, that he was sticking with NDSU um, because what happened was is North Dakota State got in with him early, built a great relationship, said, hey, you can come here, win a bunch, and we'll put you in the NFL, we think you're the next guy in line, um, and he really bought into that and built a great relationship with the kids in that class as well. So it became really difficult down the road for schools to come in, Power Five schools to come in and say, "Hey, we want you to flip." Um, but if, if there's anything that you can knock any of these staff and Nebraska in particular are not seeing with Cole Payton, was just not seeing it earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that's the thing that I, <laughs> you you hesitate to say that you know it's going to come back to haunt Nebraska because we've got plenty of those stories here locally from the last handful of years. Hyde, Noah Fant, Harrison Phillips, on and on, right? Um, and hopefully, well, even Dugan. I mean, Dugan's yeah, a kid right. that was yeah, in the, Council the, Bluffs. been very good uh, down at TCU. And so that's that's another interesting because he was the same class as Adrian, right? That was yeah. that was that that same year. So he got kind of lost in the shuffle during that transition. Um, and, and so th- there's just a number of those guys, and it seems like the Huskers come out on the wrong side of those. Um, but we'll see how it goes. But I think the comparisons with Harburg and Peyton are here to stay for a while. Greg, I'm still so used to the the signing day being in February that this December signing day is a little a little strange to me. Are there still guys that are in play for that that February signing day? The Huskers are still working hard on. So yes and no. So there's the kid uh, out of Hawaii, Wendell Huuli, um, the linebacker that I think the Huskers have a really good shot with. Um, he it's unclear at this point if he's going to sign in December and then kind of keep it a secret, or if he's going to actually wait until February. So he might be one, uh, but there will not be very many. I think the class will basically be done this week, and I think that what we'll be talking about after this is what's happening with guys either coming back or leaving and then what's happening with the transfer portal 
portal. Because I don't know if you guys have noticed this today, um, but I feel like I've seen at least a dozen kids enter the transfer portal today. Um, and I think that that's going to be just around the country. And I think that's going to be a huge thing for schools looking to see and combing that thing to see if they can add talent to their team. Well, and, and Frost touched on that today. And you, you can get an instant outside linebacker. Uh, I know Coach Held was after a big daddy down at Texas, right, that entered his name into the transfer portal on the defensive yeah. line. Daniel Carson, yeah. Yeah, Mr. Carson, as is, is he's known, right? Um, so, yeah, I'm all for it, but there is a little bit of concern when you do, when you do go get a transfer, right? Is he He's leaving once. Is he going to leave again? I mean, that, that's just the name of the game where you're just a, a wreck as a coach because – you got to play kids, and if you don't play them, they'll leave because that's just what it is today. It's it, it's no good, and, and I mean, kids should be free to 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 look elsewhere. But there needs to be a little bit of backbone and perseverance, and each instant is, is instance is different. Granted, so it's yeah, just absolutely. a juggling and you act. You have to man. do it so fast too. Like you have to you have to make those decisions really fast. Because if a kid's good, he's going to get snapped up by somebody really quickly. So you've got to enter into that very quickly without maybe doing your diligence as a coaching staff, too. It's tough all around. Greg, I got a minute. I need your take on, on Saturday and just the uh, the personnel packages, the the development side, back to, to that, and, and how you lose to a depleted Minnesota team here from an identity standpoint on offense. Defense is growing. Offense is not. Yeah, no, the, the, yes, the defense is growing. The offense is regressing. Um, and I think that Nebraska was set up to fail by a bad game plan to start that game. Um, even if you say the guys were open at some points during that game, you can't have If I told you going in that Nebraska was going to throw the ball 29 times, you would have thought they maybe were on the verge of getting blown out. You can't have a team in Minnesota that's that bad against the run. Your plan was not in the wind and cold to come out and run the ball at them. It, that's a really bad look. Uh, is your Trubisky jersey back out? No, <laughs> I'm not, I am not fooled. Do not, don't you try to sucker me back into oh, that? Oh, no. come on now! Greg's going to reach through the, the phone and give me the choice between his palm or the back of his hand and oh, say, "Don't man. you dare accuse me of owning the Trubisky jersey." No, maybe a second LeBron jersey. How about that? That you do that. You talk to Santa, and and I'm sure Santa will take care of you. It's Greg Smith, recruiting insider with. HailVarsity.com and Magazine is podcast with Jay Foreman. Listen to it. There uh, is going to be uh, some, some, some table talk going on there, man. Some true talk with those guys. And uh, Greg will talk Wednesday. Awesome stuff with recruiting. Thanks for talking today. Hey, thanks always. Talk to you, man. There he is. Greg Smith, anti-Trubisky. Uh, some more thoughts from Scott Frost. More of your calls and emails. HailVarsity continues. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a hot preteen Swedish boy. So let's get you a weather forecast. Do we have Mr. Hat? It's Mr. Hat ready later. You'll give me Mr. Hat later. From The Simpsons or? No, Mr. Hat's from South Park. The weather, the weather guy, remember? I'm not a big South Park guy. Okay. Uh, Mr. Garrison, remember? Yeah. Our, our weather guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Hatton, Mr. Garrison. The reason I'm bringing weather up is our old friend Parker Gabriel says there's supposed to be 
12 to 20 inches of snow Wednesday through Thursday in Jersey. So you know what that means? Swing past Friday. Huh? Who's all in? Do a fist pump, get a tank top, see if Snooky's around. Swing mm. swing past Friday in the snow in Piscataway. Don't think I can get behind that one, to be honest with you. <laughs> Come on, now. We're going to be at Gate 25, brother. Going to be awesome. One to three, special Hail Varsity time Friday, leading you right into kickoff at three, and then Real Red Reaction from Gate 25, following Nebraska and Rutgers. Uh, we will change times if Nebraska and Rutgers change times. Kent emails in. And, and Kent's, Kent's a guy... That, that is a faithful listener, good dude, emails, emails in chrisadalevarsity.com. And, and Kent's always that, that guy to question things if they're not going well. And that's fine. We all have that buddy. But the last game was so freaking stupid, I've just given up on ranting to you. I think there's a lot of that. I mean, there's a lot of ticked off people uh, Saturday. <laughs> um. We are excited. Dr. Rob Zadiska is going to be with us tomorrow. <laughs> He's ready to, to unload. So Rob is asking for more, more pistol. He's not asking for a pistol, but he's asking for more pistol. Schmidt, like your takes, do me a favor and ask for more uh, pistol. It's, the Nebraska's, it's Nebraska's best running play, best formation. Like the idea of getting a back going downhill rather than going side to bleeping side. More pistol, please. Rob, thank you for listening. Uh, 466-377-6800-825-5865. Here's the other question I've got for you. Has, has Scott seen enough of, of this offense? And you can have some like remnants of it, but has Scott seen enough of the personnel changes at shuffling in and out running back so no one gets lathered, the different personnel settings you have, but wide receiver. I like the tight ends, right? I mean, Austin Allen's really been been pretty good. Vocalex's been pretty nice. Stoll's busted his ass and he's not been 100%. But do you think there there are tweaks? And I bring that up, and, and, and Coach McBride kicked it off at five. Nebraska was a, a, a program that was throwing guys into the NFL with a, a, a passing game, right? Vince Ferragamo, Van Bronson, who else? Dave Hom, man. Dave Hom, God rest his soul. They threw the football, and Nebraska killed about everybody except Oklahoma because <laughs> they ran the football. They ran the option. They ran the wishbone. And what did Nebraska do? They flipped over to the running game, the option, the power eye, your power game. And, and that was what happened in the early 80s. Nebraska shifted to a 4-3 a, a from a 5-2, in the early 90s, they got speed, got after the quarterback, held up against the run. In Even greats made changes to what they were doing. And as brilliant as Chip Kelly is, as brilliant as Urban Meyer is, 
you've got different spread offenses, but this Oregon offense, the dream is to, to blend it with Husker power. And, and that's running the football. And you need to be able to, to throw the football in today's college football. And the short passing game, I looked back at, at Nebraska's two touchdown drives, and you got Wandale in space, all right, gain a nine, uh, you, you get a gain of seven. You can still throw the ball. You can still throw the ball on first down. You can throw around that 10-yard number, right? A short pass and let Wandale get in space, make a move, and you know what special athlete is. There's been an emphasis to get him the football, and he's he's big time. And he can and he can take it eight out of the pistol. Now you have a nice cutback and, and rip one off for 50 yards. But I'm just wondering here if, if Scott's like, just, dude, I'm banging my head against the wall, banging my head against the wall. This is what I know did work and can work. And it worked with Milton. It worked with Mariota, two really special quarterbacks. And I've got, I've got good quarterbacks. I've got to get them coached up. I've got to get them healthy. I've got to get them protected. And I'm just wondering if, if you're looking at this as, as head coach, knowing that, damn it, I need to, to win – Friday, and then hope I get a bowl miracle and win that. I'll never be able to like erase Minnesota and Illinois this year. But let's let's get closer to five hundred because people are about out of patience in year four, and that sucks because everybody, while you're you're waning on your patience, also wants this wants this guy to be the guy who fixes it. So. And this is the sad reality about Nebraska, and it finally hit me with it like a two-by-four, that Nebraska's probably one of the worst teams. Not bad kids, not bad effort, and I don't think the coaches are bad. I think they're just getting rocked in this league by better coaching staffs. But Nebraska's a bad football team right now in the Big Ten. And I know, well, where have you been, Schmidt? Well, you're always like, you're waiting for them because there's always been constant transition with Nebraska the last 20 years. So you're waiting things to waiting for the merry-go-round to stop, someone to get settled, and then fix and win. And then that's never happened because there's always been this, let's hit the red nuke button and eject with Nebraska football since Solich. So I'm wondering if if there's some tweaks that the coach realizes he needs to make to succeed in this league. And I'm also wondering if that can can if he's learned by now that not everything I want to do is going to work here. And if I do make a switch or some changes on offense to more of a ground-based attack, can I still go get the guys I want? Do you want to win or do you want your offense to look pretty, right? And that was the thing that people got all over Callahan about. And you can, Mike Riley got crucified for trying to throw the football against a bad Purdue team. They lost 55-45, right? Back in 15, you thought that was rock bottom for the Nebraska football program. And each year, it feels like every team has said, hold my beer, okay? You, you got all over Callahan. He lost in one year. They lost to, to Iowa State or Kansas. Like, not good Orange Bowl. Kansas, but bad, horrific Kansas. And all Nebraska had to do is run the football, and they tried to, you know, they threw it 48 times because it's the West Coast offense, and I'm Bill Callahan with my brain. Just find a way to, to, to win and put guys in position to do so. 
And I just wonder if there'll be a, a long look at what you can do versus what you want to do. We'll wind down on Monday. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, and uh, more from Scott Frost here when it comes to practice and that practice translating to wins. The improvement of practice this year led to better play. That we played better, executed better at Iowa, played better, executed better at Purdue. Maybe Jake, the the way we started the game, uh, when when we're not a team confident enough yet, when we start the game the way we started it. You know, sometimes guys can maybe just look around and wait for somebody else to, to fix it or, or think, here we go again, mistakes. That being said, you know, after our uh, first quarter, we, we uh, end the first quarter, second, we turned it on and scored on two straight drives and executed well. It's just one little thing here and one little thing there, and it's got to be more consistent. A lot of it Saturday was uh, some of the young players. Uh, I called a lot of those guys last night. For young guys in the Big Ten, I think some of those guys are doing an exceptional job, uh, but it's just not consistent enough yet. And that's what killed this Saturday. Confidence and consistency, man. Uh, Nebraska's not had it, and it's been kind of hit or miss since Frost has been here. We'll see if things get turned around. <laughs> Nebraska's a favorite. Dare I whisper that uh, at Rutgers? I don't know that Noah's going to be healthy enough to, to enact his revenge on Nebraska, but he knows the signals, so Nebraska's cautious about that. Reminder about moving. Are you looking for that residential home around Lincoln or surrounding communities? West Blue Realty is where you got to get hooked up. Tom Luby, Kelly Hofschneider, they're fantastic. And uh, they can help you. Help You You mentioned Hale Varsity. Uh, and uh, they can take care of you with uh, providing up to $1,000 off the closing of your next home purchase. Tom Luby, again, give Tom a shout. 402-540-3768. Kelly Hofschneider. Kelly can help at 402-202-2312. Phase to work with West Blue. WestBlueRealty.com. Get an appointment now. 1120 K Street, Suite 200. Thanks for the input today. Thanks for the emails, phone calls. Coach McBride's phenomenal. We love him. Uh, of course, Greg Smith, good on the recruiting front. And Jay Moore, big uh, black shirt Jay was big time. Rob Zadiska tomorrow. The doctor is in. We'll check in with Mitch Sherman, Coach Kaczynski. I'm sure we'll go off because he's not a P.J. Fleck fan. And Nebraska lost to Minnesota. And uh, we'll hear from uh, Rick Pizzo, Big Ten Buffet. Final thoughts on today. Just head scratcher. Frustrating. You're over it. What the hell? I mean, the emotions are... God, we, we all miss football. We wanted some semblance of a season and you get it, and you know the team's growing and trying to get better, but you, you just kind of doubled down on doubt with the fan base. That's that's just their feeling right now. And, and my mood today has just been, God, it's going to be another long off season, isn't it? Yeah, another long off season. Because you I mean, last year was a long off season. You're just sick of hearing mm-hmm. the same. You're thing. just. And let's be straight, man. And and I know they've moved on from from Saturday's post game, but you're just hearing so many excuses or or they may not even be excuses they may be actual facts and reasons but you're sick of seeing it you're sick of seeing 
the ineffectiveness. And you just don't you just don't get. And there's been moments. You just gotta grow up as a coach to be better with your plan. And it ain't about you and your system, bro. Find a way to win. I mean that's that's the the feedback in the field. Talk to you tomorrow at four on Hail Varsity.